Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. This session is going to be about artificial insemination. When should it be used? How's it done? What are the results like? And should you have it? So, let's start with what it is. Artificial insemination uh, involves the transfer of sperm into the vagina or into the uterus by a third party, not involving intercourse. That's what makes it artificial. The process of artificial insemination is generally done by timing ovulation and then inseminating the sperm. In its most basic form, sperm unprepared by the laboratory can be placed in the vagina in the 24 hours around the time of ovulation, which is really no different from natural intercourse, but certainly for gay couples, this may be a way of producing a pregnancy which is under some control. There certainly are organisations on the internet who both advertise that they can supply sperm and also provide the, the basic essentials for artificial insemination, which is a syringe. There are problems, however, with that approach since the, the donor of the sperm may not have been fully tested for infective agents. They may not have been tested for genetic carrier status. And so there are risks associated with just doing it in a DIY situation. So we would recommend that if you're going to have an artificial insemination, it be done in a controlled environment with sperm that has been properly screened, donors that have been properly screened, 
and that the approach is much more controlled. That's all about donor artificial insemination. It probably doesn't have a place in a situation of infertility and a couple, except perhaps where the husband is unable to maintain an erection or has problems with ejaculation. The situation in relation to fertility treatment and artificial insemination is more well defined. So the indications for artificial insemination, if there is infertility, are those couples where we have found no cause the infertility. So it's called unexplained infertility, which is around about 25% of all patients that I see. So they've been trying for at least 12 months and we've shown that the tubes are normal, that she ovulates normally and his sperm parameters are normal. And what's been shown is that using intrauterine insemination, we can improve the chances of success. Using intrauterine insemination, we get pregnancy rates in women under 38 of somewhere between 15 and 20% per cycle, which doesn't sound very much, but by 12 months of infertility, a couple where there's nothing wrong are only hitting a rate of somewhere between 3 and 5% per month on their own. And so IUI does un overcome something. It's certainly a lot less invasive than having to go to IVF. In most clinics, in that scenario of unexplained infertility after 12 months, IUI should be recommended. Unfortunately, many doctors jump that step and move straight to IVF, which I personally think is over-treatment because a significant number of patients will actually get pregnant with IUI. So what does IUI involve? Obviously it includes this artificial insemination but the difference between the first scenarios I was talking about and intrauterine insemination is that we actually prepare the sperm. So what we do is take a raw sample of sperm and in crude terms we basically throw it into a swimming pool of culture medium and then come back in an hour's time and take off all the sperm that made it to the other end of the swimming pool. So they're strong, motile sperm. And we put a small amount, only about half a mil, of these strong sperm inside the uterine cavity. So they don't have to fight with the cervical mucus. They overcome any issues that, that may relate to the cervix. They don't get tired as much because they're already halfway home. Their journey is into the fallopian tube is a much shorter journey than from the vagina itself. That probably accounts for some of the success. But the other part of the success also comes from the fact that we're putting it in with fairly exact timing. So we look for ovulation by doing blood tests and ultrasound. And so we know that when we're putting the sperm back, there will be an egg waiting for it in the fallopian tube. The third reason that it improves pregnancy rates is we tend to stimulate ovulation to a higher level than natural ovulation. We can do that with tablets, letrozole or clomiphene, or with injections, FSH. The FSH injections were the standard, but recent randomized studies suggest that the tablets are just as good 
and the risk of multiple pregnancy, particularly high multiples, triplets and above, is virtually zero with clomiphene and letrozole, but around about 1 or 2% with FSH injections. In fact, in America, they quote rates of triplets of around 3 or 4% and multiple pregnancies of 15 to 20%. But that's because close monitoring wasn't done and inseminations occurred when there were multiple follicles about to be released. In Australia, we're much more controlled and most clinics will cancel a cycle if there's three or more good-sized follicles because of the concern about high multiple pregnancy rates and the risk to both mother and to the babies of those cases. From the woman's point of view in the IUI cycle, what's happening is that um, we do blood tests to check that the woman's heading towards ovulation. We'll do an ultrasound to check the number of follicles and then keep on monitoring day by day to see when eggs are going to be released. We also usually give hormone support in the second half of the cycle, either through injections of pregnancy hormone or by giving progesterone either by mouth or vaginally. As I said, pregnancy rates of 15 to 20% are being regularly reported in younger women. Who shouldn't have artificial insemination like this? Well, women who've been trying on their own for more than two years have a significantly lower success rate with IUI. So I tend to push those patients towards IVF as the next step. Women over 40 do not appear to benefit from IUI, that the chances of a pregnancy are virtually no different from normal intercourse. And again, if they are desperate to move forward, then I would suggest that IVF is the way to go rather than artificial insemination with IUI. So artificial insemination has a major part to play in treating infertile couples. It needs to be well done in clinics that do monitor the ovarian stimulation and do time the inseminations appropriately. But it's certainly for many couples the opportunity to get pregnant without having to go to the extent of the IVF journey. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.